Welcome to Grit and Gravitas with Anne and Annie, bringing you savvy, spirited stories of success. We're excited to deliver 30 minutes of inspiration, impact, and goodness. We'll be bringing you guests and friends from around the country who have very special work and personal journeys. I'm Ann Dieter Gallagher, your co-host with Annie Carnathan, and this is Grit and Gravitas. Let's go. Grit and Gravitas, Annie Carnathan. I think today is a high gear day for us. We have an incredible guest. Um, I, I just, I'm beside myself. I've done my research. Ginger Z, uh, ABC News meteorolo- chief meteorologist of Good Morning America. And uh, just, uh, we can't shout you out enough. We're super excited to talk to you. Thank you uh, for joining us. Thank you. I'm in the middle of the snowstorm. So this is I... classic ginger. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, wow, are you a storm chaser? But one thing I want to say, Ginger, to set this up just a little bit. So I didn't read your book. You read your book to me. Uh, and honestly, to be honest, not having ever heard of you before, in your voice, you read this book, The Profound Impact, and at times extremely difficult to listen to mm-hmm. but but with your wit with your honesty it I kept needing to hear that you were okay because the depth with which you went uh there's no way you know today to boil the ocean but we're absolutely going to get more of the essence of that and it's just a book every single woman needs to find a way to consume, right? As far as content goes. So you may be the bravest person ever to me today. Um, but, but thank you for that. We're all united in trying to help women. And if, if it, if, if one woman is helped by you appearing with us today, that's, that's victory. Thank you. And I'm preceded by so many people that have encouraged me to shed my shame and take ownership of my narrative. And so I'm certainly not the first and I really hope not the last. And that's what this book is meant to do, but it's also meant to do what we're doing right now, and that's connect. And to be able to have, even if we don't share the same stories, to be able to have the ability to see another human being and say, who knows what they've had in their past, who knows what they'll have in their future, we have right now together. Let's see what we can do with it. One woman at a time, Ginger. And honestly, we try to to give women one thing to take away from the 30 minutes. And what I know for sure is we're united as women and you have the same mission we do. Um, and again, can't thank you enough for these 30 minutes to help the women that are listening and hopefully the women that will be listening. Good. Thank you. I, think- I landed on the third page before I started underlining so that <laughs> I didn't get very far. But I think uh, when I got through the book a little closer to home, um, four things stood out. Uh, number one is grit. And that's part of our podcast because we're both, you know, women in business. We're not new to this and our desires to shorten the learning curve for yeah. other women, especially younger women. So in our conversation today uh, about you and your career and your book, it's going to be, um, you know, really helping women dig deep to understand their own, uh, mental challenges, their journey, how to seek help, when to seek help, and the kind of uh, network they would surround themselves with. But uh, the four words would be grit and grace and resilience and hope. 
Like you just, you know, the the um, chapters where you reveal yourself and, I, you know, it just hits you hard. But I think we look at you and your accomplishments and your meteorology, you're a woman of science, and you just have to stand back and say, there is tremendous hope. Look, look what you've accomplished in amongst this extremely traumatic journey at times. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have them. And I think the first thing to let go of is that we all have trauma. You can't play my traumas worse than your games right. because all trauma counts. And, and trauma doesn't have to be a car accident. Trauma can be a lot of different things. It can be divorce in a family. It can be a lot of, you know, there are different levels of it for sure. Right. But we can all share that we've all endured different traumas. And the most important part is that we can teach each other how to heal from them. And that's the thing that the book really well, is about. Not just that healing is possible. Like, obviously, that is the case. A lot of people have written books on that and done right. that. What was the revelation to me was that there's real maintenance in healing and that it is much like physical health, that you can't just go to the gym and get in sick shape for a year and then quit. <laughs> it's right. your mind that way, too. And so that was really helpful for me to when you've done the hard work of the, the really deep stuff of getting into those deep traumas and cleaning them out. It doesn't just stop. You know, you don't want to sit and perseverate over things, but it has to be a part of your narrative. And that's the part that I really hope people take away from this is finding the acceptance and assurance that everything you are okay really does come back to you. And that's what I was able to finally do. And I think this book, I hope, would help other people guide themselves that to that. That's, place. that's precisely what I wanted to amplify because we have our entire lives to unpack. Mm -hmm. And to your point, the seven, eight, nine, ten little girls, right, had all these ingredients put into us. We we went into the oven and we came out fully baked. And we just try to adjust our quilt with different squares as time goes by, but the quilt was 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 woven and sewn. And my point to that is to your point in the book, things start to creep back. Mm -hmm. Things start to to leak, if you will back in. And so it's a journey. It's never a destination. And the first time a woman says, I need help, it, it takes a piece of that and hands it to someone else if they're the right person. Mm -hmm. And I thought what you said was the hard work, whether it's in work as a, a spouse, a mom, a friend, a colleague never ends. It's hard work. And there is no substitute or shortcut for that. And it never gets easier. It doesn't. And that's and that's part of the thing, the part that we can all share. And I love also drugs and alcohol and the rehabilitation of people with addiction um, has been has gone through an evolution of stigma, for sure, uh, to I think we're at a very healthy place, at least the people I know, uh, where if someone goes to drug or alcohol rehabilitation, we all say good for them. We're really into it. Now, if we can get mental health to that place, trauma, dealing with trauma and what it takes and the time it takes to do that, and, and somebody needs to go be hospitalized or they need to go to intense outpatient therapy and has to miss some things in their life for a month, we should say, good for them. That's the real work. That means they're doing it. That means they're making change and making them, themselves the healthiest version of who they can be so that the maintenance is easier later on. Because once you've lost the weight, it is easier to maintain a lot of times. It, you've, you've changed your habits and you've changed the tools that you have. And that's how mental health works too. 
I think we just really need to encourage people to go do that big, hard part. And, and instead of raising our eyebrows, because that's in a natural disaster, which was my first book. That's why I wrote that is my first line is I checked myself into a mental health hospital 10 days before I started at ABC News. It's a big statement. It feels like, oh, my gosh, why is she doing this? You know, like and, and it felt like that when I went to publish the book, I thought, uh oh, maybe I made a mistake. And my husband said, no, you didn't, because if you don't do this, then we're all going to say that that's still in a closet somewhere, that people can't be hospitalized and then succeed. And so you doing this is the purpose of the book. Actually, you could only just that line, and that would be the purpose of the book. And that really helped me to first let go of the part where I cared so deeply and put so much energy into how people perceived me and finally looked in the mirror and saw how I perceived myself. Those are the societal norms and how everyone is swimming against the stream and against the current and social media is really your highlight reel, right? I mean, and, and, and I think there's never been more of an enormous pressure around that sort of feeling of how we should look and, and what we should do and how we should vacation and what our kids look like. And so you're absolutely right. To me, if anything, Ginger, it's magnified the difficulty of what's in my brain isn't in anyone else's brain. And I have to be me because everyone else is taken. So what, it's not a blood test to your point. You don't walk in and you can't compare damage because it's all damaging. Right. And so, and I think that's, that's exactly, um, the point. Like social media, you know, it gets a bad rap rightfully so in many ways, but if you would have looked at me in 19, looked at me in 1995 when I had no social media, you would have thought I had a social media feed. The facade I was trying to put on and the, the smile, right? To your point, that right. part has changed. But yes, right. it's given a channel to see everybody's, and we've all become a brand of our wildly like wanting happiness, which is a big part of the book too, for a reason because we value something that's transient. Happiness is not something you live in. It's an emotion. It's something that you touch many times in a day. And then you also touch sadness many times in a day and frustration many times in a day. And so to to pursue this ridge or living on a mountaintop at all times is so wrong. <laughs> and I think we've been doing that from the, I don't know, centuries and centuries and centuries because we want other and maybe that's really like in a deep primal instinct to say to say I'm strong I my I'm okay I don't need the help of this other person me showing a vulnerability will allow you to take our food you know like if we right. go to the bottom of it and I think that that has always been there social media has put a magnifying glass and a big light on allowing us to be our brand of happiness and um I don't know. I think I would have done the same. And maybe it would have been worse. I couldn't tell you, <laughs> but right. can change us if we do it the right way. And if we just start these conversations and eye to eye contact again. Ginger, I want to read for the benefit of our uh, podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, listeners. I've taken that energy once reserved solely for physical health and shifted it to mental health where I put time, energy and money into making my brain look good feel good. Every week, every day, I do something to make it cleaner, stronger, and better, and it is working. And I think that was to your earlier point. We spend so much time working out and getting fit and 
and through a pandemic, taking uh, good care and understanding what we're putting in our body. But what we are thinking about, what we wake up with, the thoughts that we allow to come and go. And you're saying, I think in prior podcasts, you really put the first emphasis of the day on that. The intention of my day, because I learned intention from practicing yoga. Yoga, when I came to it, was for physical health. I wanted to be lengthened and I wanted to be right. toned, wanted these things. But yoga inherently teaches you about meditation and about, uh, it's active meditation, but about concentration and about intention. And that was always the part of the class that I thought, wow, I, I, it really started to work where I was able to set an intention for the class and then come back to it several times throughout the class, whether it was guided or not, and then realize the power and strength in doing that and see how much I was growing and, and right. in my yoga practice. And then I thought, wait a minute, I could do this in my life. I can set an intention in the morning and come back to it several times, come to find out through guided meditation, that's meditation as well, where you are that through line of your mind being paramount and, and important to you is so important to how you, you how you deal with emotional regulation throughout your day and how we deal with other people. It really is life-changing. And all it took was me setting an intention at the beginning of the day. I write it on my shower wall on the, in esteem. I, I write something I'm grateful for because gratitude, as we've heard, and almost as cliche at this point. But I think people don't talk about, oh, I write a gratitude journal. I don't have time to write in the morning. I'm, I'm getting up at 4 a.m. Like, I'm not about to do that. However, the first thing that pops in my mind, I write what I'm grateful for. The other day, it was soap because I am. How wild would the world be without soap? So, like, something as simple as that, or it can be something very heavy. And then I turn to the other wall and I write my intention. And then I think about that intention. Um, focus organization, whatever it ends up being, or it can be a person, it can be a, you know, a friend that you want to set some intention on. Um, so it, it's not goal, it's intent of the day. And it usually is not a person. It's usually kind of a general idea that is so powerful and everybody can do it. It's free. You can then expand upon that and write down, which I think is very powerful and tell other people. It's a habit. Yes. And uh, one of the huge benefits, I think, for other women, especially and younger women, uh, we say in our you know business circles, see one to be one. We're not going to push, you know, we're not going to see huge movement in business circles for business women unless we see more female CEOs, more female chemists, more, you know, in these positions. So by you at your uh, level, a national level, coming out and speaking about this, I, I feel the destigmatization has has already begun. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure it was a deep struggle. Tell us about what was your internal thoughts when you are ready to go write a, a book and when it's online, it's around the world forever. Yeah, it's forever. And I have sons and people will ask me, well, you, you realize they'll read it someday. And my answer is, yeah, I, yes, I want them to. Because I think we need to start, of course, they're four and six. I'm not going to have them read it tomorrow. I'm not doing it as a bedtime story right now. You have to do this age appropriate. The problem is, is that question. Why wouldn't I share this with my son? This is part of my story. And it's, of course, the deep details. Nobody wants to know that stuff about their parents. Right. That's, that's a conversation that we can have with each other. But the most important thing is me sharing my fallibility and my, I'm modeling and emphasizing that I am imperfect. And I hope that that will then keep teaching them to not go down this everything is perfect line. And it will save them from some trauma on themselves. 
it will right. it will teach them how the tools that I learned much easier. That's much more important to me than my son's being uncomfortable for a little bit. We're all uncomfortable. I, you know, and maybe this is part of it is I love standing in a snowstorm. I love being uncomfortable because it pushes me to the next place. And that's what I'm really enjoying about this. And a question then, too, was at this moment in my career where I have the opportunity to have a platform to be able to speak to lots of people, it is even more powerful, right? A lot of people will be able to hear me. Would I have done this if I was in the same place mentally, you know, and I was still working in Flint and I had a much smaller audience? I think yes, it would have been really good to do. I don't I don't think it's fair to compare. A lot of people ask that, right? Like if you weren't you, would anybody care about your story? I think they would. I think they absolutely would. And I think that we should all care about our stories, no matter who this person is or what they've achieved, because that's just who they are. That's a part of them. And I like thinking about it that way and going back to me back then, if I would have been able to get healthier, of course we should share and we should all be able to, you know, doesn't matter who you are. And I'm safe now. What I am, what this position has gotten me to is a place where social media has taught me how to have an identity that I is in my core, that I'm solid with. Because if I listen to everybody else's voices of the thousands and thousands of terrible tweets and horrible messages I've received in my career, I wouldn't be here, you know? And so that was the first layer of me realizing that I had to turn inward to find the truth. And that was helpful. So yes, I'm, I'm grateful to be in this position. And and I think it's always an inside job. Everything is a choice, you know, and, and you say that the, at the end of the day, it's personal accountability and responsibility for what you want to fill your headspace with. And so just, just a quick pivot. And I think back to, to feelings and how, um, a therapist is about a lot of different things. It's about chemistry. It's about finding the right one. And what I've been able to sort of say is to your point, feelings aren't good or bad. They just are. And I've gone from trying to control how I feel to the huge pivot of just trying to deal with how I feel and not controlling how I feel and not driving it down. And it sounds like a distinction without a difference. And for me, it was a ginormous difference because I found myself caring more about people than they cared about themselves. And I'm a giver. And so again, Ginger, I think you really unveiled the why for me. Like you went back and did the really hard work of why and I just want to know why I don't, I, I, I love my parents. They did the best they could. They just weren't good together. Like all of the same things, but that pivot was essential. And it was maybe a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were, you know, satchel page, but, but I think that is illuminating from your standpoint and so important as to how we take things in, but most importantly, how we do or don't react to them. That's the choice. Yeah. Because you're going to have all those feelings multiple times a day. So that I, and I use my checklist. That's my tool that I tell everybody about. And it's the moment I feel frustration that something, you know, this morning, very minimal example, but technology when you're on the road is it, extremely difficult. And I've got a new MiFi that was going down. I, I charged it all night and the battery, well, now I have nothing to look at to be able to share this information with America while I'm on Good Morning America. I have a blank in front of me and I don't use a script, but I heavily rely on what you're seeing so I can reference what you're seeing. 
So without this, and this is a regular problem, I felt that frustration coming up and I said to myself, right as I was about to go on TV, are you going to remember this in a week? Right. No. no. So then I say, then feel frustrated and move on. Next, you know, and, and, <laughs> and then if something, if I am going to remember it a week from now and it's going to matter a year from now, I let myself sit in it. I let myself really feel it and, and, and ask myself a lot of questions while I'm doing that and get like emotionally involved because otherwise you're not processing it. And that might even be a trauma. And that's something that that checklist really helps me to sit in the moment after and say, is this something that you should be losing sleep over? Like, I have a pretty bad memory. So most things are no. <laughs> I cannot. I know I was I know I was tossing and turning about two months ago. I cannot tell you what it was for. <laughs> right. And that is important. And if as long as soon as I feel that I say that to myself and that usually allows me to fall asleep because I'm like, you're right. I'm not going to remember this. And I don't. <laughs> and that's a lesson I think uh, I personally have learned way too old. I should have learned that lesson. You know, I've, <laughs> I've, and I don't, true confession, I haven't mastered it yet. So I, yeah, I used to say the 87 year old rule. If I'm gonna not going to remember it when I'm 87, then what do I care? But, you know, we, uh, so we're all mothers of sons. I have three, Annie has one, you've got two. So, you know, I, we try to model for them uh, what, what uh, right responses are and how to be open and honest and transparent and authentic and occasionally tell them what not to post on social media <laughs> and learn from that. And I think, um, and, and you touched on this a little bit, Ginger, without putting any words in your mouth uh, whatsoever. I like me the best when I'm with my son. And the second I knew about him, I was a better person. And then I tried to duplicate that, like, how do I like me when I'm with someone? How do I like me when I'm sharing the limited amount of, we all have the same amount of time, you know, and it's non-renewable. And so who do I like, who, you know, I love me and it's a constant work. And I'm with me 24 seven, whether I like it or not, but what, what, what makes me be the best me? And I think that got added to my checklist when I became a mom. And that's to your point of when your sons do know your story. Yes. And I want them to know and I want them to now accept that when I've had a gray day once in the last year, that was, you know, one of these days where I just I really have a depressed, a depressed day and it's, it's much fewer and farther between. I know what to do with it. I wake up, I say it out loud. I, 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 I give it a name. I tell other people, but it doesn't mean that it's going away for the day. You know, it can still be there. And, and he's caught me crying and on the deck and, and I say caught me because I was definitely trying to avoid being around the kids a little bit just because I needed time to process. And he said, what's wrong, mommy? He's five. And I said, my immediate response was, I think the right one. I don't feel well today. And then we left it at that. And if we started training humans to understand that just because you don't see mommy blowing her nose a lot and it's tears are coming out instead, that that's not feeling well and that that doesn't have to mean that she's not going to feel well tomorrow. Or maybe she will feel worse and she might have to go to the hospital and get help, but then she's going to get help and get better or the hope that she gets better. I think that's a really great place to start with the age appropriate what mental health is. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean somebody else isn't feeling it. Right. Um, one of the s scenarios in the book, and I, I have many, and I wish this podcast would go on for three hours so I could uh, get to ask you more questions. 
But we all have friend networks, and some are childhood friends, and some are business friends, <clears throat> and some now, you know, are friends that are all grandmothers because we have commonalities. The one example you shared in in your abusive relationship was you had called your friend. I think uh, you and the person were on a, a trip somewhere in a hotel or whatever, and you called Alicia. I, be I believe, yeah, a childhood friend or a longtime friend, yeah. and it happened to be two thirty. Yeah. And did she say, you know, she said, do you know what time it is? And in essence, and she was a new mom. Don't call me again, you know, until you have made these changes. So talk to me, you know, about those of us who are friends, you're either a one in a situation or you have a friend uh, who is experiencing that. Was that a total wake up call for you? Was that a great response? What, 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 how did you feel when she said that? It's hard for women to do that. Yes, it is. We all have um, breaking points with with people, and we all have should have boundaries. And what Alicia's always been very good at is setting boundaries. She knows what she can handle, what's healthy for her. But what she's learned, because she's been very good at it since she was young, she's one of the few people that I know, is that that's how she shows love, is to set a boundary. And her, you know, I think that we all need teams of people. There are different friends for different things. We all have those. You tell this one friend this type of thing and you, you go to this other friend for another type of story. Um, but she's the truest, most whole friend because of this. And she's done it to me, you know, twice in my life. And we've had these and now have these great conversations about how it went and why it was really what I needed. It, I don't think it was. The, the moment, but it was certainly one of the big moments leading up to me finally saying, I need to get real help and I need to do this because my life is changing. I'm losing people. Yeah. I'm going to lose myself. And what she will tell me now and why she, she can't talk about any of this without just breaking down because she'll say, I was so scared. I knew I couldn't handle anymore. This was my boundary, but I was so scared he was going to kill you or you were going to hurt yourself. Yeah. And she said, and but yet, I couldn't do anything. And every night when you called at 2.30 in the morning, I couldn't do anything. And I told you all the same things and you weren't listening. And this was her protecting her. And at a certain point, you do have to have that. And I'm always so happy. It doesn't mean that we weren't friends after. I needed that. She needed to do that. I respect her more for doing it. So I think that's important. Even reading Jessica Simpson's book, the, the hardest part for her when she went and finally said, I need help, her friends had been planning an intervention. And that was the most hurtful thing is that they weren't coming to her. Alicia was telling me over and over, right. you are going to hurt yourself. He's going to hurt you. I can't do this anymore if you keep going down this path. She was super clear and communicative. It hurts more when the friends kind of plan behind your back and then come in together with some sort of plan that you were like, wait, what? You know, and, and I think that was the lesson learned there. She set the boundary. And I learned how to do that. And she's very much like my husband. And my husband was a lot to get used to in a romantic relationship like that. But it was so good for me. <laughs> it was a definition of insanity, right, Ginger? You just yeah. do the same thing over and over. And the month without her had to feel unacceptable to you. And, and intellectually, you knew emotionally for all of the things you were trying to process, it didn't allow you to do that. Right. And I was just with without her, I knew what I was missing. Right. Yeah. 
Well, and we, I think we form strong bonds and we, it's hard for me to say no to people. I want to help them. I want to be a solution. I want to support them. But I just, uh, you know, that, that was so clear that sometimes we all should be doing that. And, and I love this example you just said about coming to the friend first instead of the intervention. I never thought of it that way. That's, that's really, uh, the ultimate respect is to say, I love you so much. This is not going to end well if you continue and I can't be part of it. Friends in my life now that I have that where they, it's interesting to be on this side because it's like a practice of, can I be as, as whole as Alicia? It's hard. Because it don't, you don't want to, you think you're going to hurt them. But I have to keep reminding myself, no, 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 you're helping. You're doing the right thing. Because we're all hurt, right? It's the perspective. And, and, if, and if you make that business analogy, Ginger, you have a team at work and you don't necessarily give the same person all the different forms of work that they're experts at. You have different people on your team for different aspects of the work and they're all in our lives to maintain the work. And that's the choice. So we're down to the business vitamin already, Ann Gallagher. <laughs> well, we do. We're going to switch it up. We, we usually talk about one or two business vitamins. We ask our guests to share that, you know, either a, a point of inspiration or something that our listeners could apply this day. But I'm going to challenge and say uh, we need a brain vitamin too. You know, what what is <laughs> something we could focus on? Because uh, we bring our whole self to the office. We can't just say my mental health self is, you know, I left that at home for my husband and family. I'm just here to do all work. We, we are one wonderfully complicated package uh, when we That come. we take everywhere. So, <laughs> so we better love ourselves. That's the grace part. Amen. <laughs> so would you like to share, uh, Ginger, a business vitamin and a brain vitamin? Yeah. Well, I am not your business expert. I'll tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> but I do... <laughs> I do think that I know how how important it is to brand because that has become such a big part of my job, um, whether it's branding, especially in science, is telling people what we know and what we don't know. And I think knowing that nothing in life is all or nothing. There is, I always tell my son, there's not, nobody's perfectly perfect and no one's pure evil. Everybody lives in between and you got to give yourself grace no matter what side you get to because you've got to make choices that are going on the negative side. But it's great to Amen. hang out on the positive side. It's just that you have to realize we're never in any part of our life getting to either of those places. So in a business way, I would say that 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 branding is the is is the showcase of vulnerability. And I've learned in my business that when I have a question and I really don't know, it's been a very hard thing. It is great to ask because as soon as you put and trust somebody else and say, I need, I can't do this all alone. I need this. Your team gets stronger. You're better. They're better. And everybody knows that everybody doesn't know everything. So it, 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 it but that is very hard for all of us humans to get over. And then I'd say for the, on the personal side, it kind of goes, this is business too, but it's business of you is remembering that it doesn't really matter because most of the things as we spoke about don't and nobody cares. And I like that one for business specifically because we all think somebody's coming for us. In our mm -hmm. business, ooh, they did that on purpose. I hate to break it to myself and everybody because I still think like that once in a while and I have to remind myself, they're not coming for me. They're in their own little <laughs> isolated place, doing their own thing. They might have spazzed out and threw something <laughs> out. Oh. But it's 
not coming. They're not coming for you. It's like 0.01% are that manipulative to be able to try to do something to hurt you. It's they're so worried about themselves. Everybody is. And so all we can do if something like that happens, address it, reach out. And that happens in life, too. So that's all I would leave. <laughs> right. And the highest gear. I know. This- Ginger Z. Oh. I went from who to wow. Yeah, we wow. hope to. We hope to sell out your book, Ginger. And we uh, did that twice at the Barnes and Noble in <laughs> Camp Hill already. Ginger. We bought our copies. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we can, we will share wonderful positive comments on Twitter and Instagram. So <laughs> whatever trolls there are, we we want to. Uh, I love them all. Positive and I'm highly entertained by negative, so I like it. <laughs> well, we love you. You're inspiring. Uh, we wish all the best, and we're going to share your story. And uh, have a high gear day. Thanks so much for joining us at Grit and Gravitas. And be safe. Brava, Ginger. (laughs) You rock. Thanks for listening. It's our desire that these stories will bring energy, ideas, and fresh thinking that you can use today. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. And have a high gear day.